1: Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself.
2: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and in stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.
0: Alright, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Today is a throwback, a mashup. It's so much fun. In honor of Valentine's Day, we have stories of true love, self-love, breakups, bad dates, heartaches, how to dress for romantic success, and of course, how to manifest. Did you like my rhyme? I'm very shameless about my rhyming over here. Um, So I hope you enjoy it. It's a bunch of clips that I pulled together. I had so much fun re-listening to some older episodes. And some are from this year and some go all the way back five years ago. So lots of fun clips to play for you today. But first, a couple of quick things. Thank you for your feedback about Ask Allie. I will definitely continue if you continue to send me questions. I saw an influx of people joining the Facebook group. I'm so grateful to have you. Just go to foodhealsgroup.com and you can join the Facebook group. Ask me your questions there and I will answer them on future episodes of Ask Allie. And that's where I'll update you on things that are going on in my life. Like I know many of you were very curious and many of you very um, supportive and Upset for me about me being censored on my platform, which is the software that I use to run my entire business censored me for making false medical claims, which is, you know, absurd and censorship and you know, I'm not going to get into it on this show because this show is all about romance and love, but I will give you updates on Ask Ally, So stay tuned for that. And I'm also so excited because I just booked my first trip to Europe since the pandemic. So um, I have been traveling throughout the pandemic, but I haven't left the country other than Mexico and Jamaica. So I'm going to Northern Europe. I'm going to Tallinn, which is apparently, I haven't been there yet, but one of the most beautiful cities in Northern Europe in Estonia. So I am so excited, I already started packing even though it's two weeks away, so what I like to do is get my suitcase out and just start adding things that I know that I'm gonna need that I'm not gonna need in the meantime, so I add certain clothes that are of the perfect weather for where I'm going and that type of thing, and I'll just start adding to the suitcase, and it's just like a fun way for me to get excited about a trip, so I love doing that. And one of the things that I was so excited to start packing because I wanna keep my immunity super boost on my trip was my Organifi. So in my last shipment, which you may have seen me do an unboxing on Instagram on my stories, but in my last shipment, I got all the travel packs. So I'm so excited because all I have to do is bring my vitamins, my powders, and my backpack, and I can just bring a water bottle, obviously empty, because you can't bring any water, any liquids, um, into the uh, security. But once I get there, I can obviously fill up my water bottle, with water, and then I have all of my travel packs so that I can stay healthy on the plane and I can stay healthy when I get there. and. Even though I'm not gonna have my juicer and be able to juice every day, it's like I'll have all my powders with me so I can just shake them up in water. So I've got the Organifi Balance, which is their probiotic and prebiotic daily digestive support superfood supplement. So definitely that's coming with me. And then of course, I'm holding it. Hope you can hear, you can might hear the box shaking, sorry. But I've got my Organifi Immunity. This is so important. It's got vitamin C, vitamin D, calcium, zinc, potassium, all these other ingredients that are just a bunch of superfoods, reishi mushrooms, organic ginger root, organic baobab. It's just a super easy way to keep my immune system boosted the entire time I travel cuz you know No matter what, travel runs us down, especially I'm gonna be switching time zones, it's gonna be cold, like I have to (laughs) bundle up, I have to boost my immunity, I know that I'm going to be probably walking around outside in the cold, we're gonna be staying out later than I'm used to, it's gonna be all day of exploring, which is so much fun, but you know how it is, it takes it out of you, travel takes it out of you, jet lag, plane, trains, automobiles, it's three flights to get there. So I have to go to Washington, Germany, and then Tallinn. So three flights to get to Northern Europe. Um, I'll also be taking my Pure original, so that's the Organifi Pure. That one's for mental clarity. And digestion, and I do like the mental clarity aspect because you know I will I'll I'll be sleeping on the plane because it's a seven hour flight to Germany, and so it's not that long, thank goodness. But you know the whole thing with three flights is very long, and then you get there the next day and you're all confused. So I'm very excited to have a little bit more mental clarity. So that'll be my Organifi Pure. And then, of course, I've got all my other powders. I think I'm just going to put a couple of the green powders and stuff like that into a plastic bag. Um, But I love these travel packs. And I just bring my water bottle with me, shake it up in the plane in the morning, bring it with me. I'll stick them in my purse because then if I'm at a restaurant later or something and I'm feeling run down, you know, order a water drop a little powder in don't worry they don't look at you weird i do it all of the all of the time i did it in mexico all of the time no one cares like they're just like oh get it girl they don't think you're doing drugs they think you're doing vitamins (laughs) don't worry So that being said, I'm packing for my trip. I'm really excited, and I just wanted to share with you how excited I was for all of Organifi's travel packs that they sent me. And it's all superfoods. It's all immunity-boosting superfoods so that I don't get sick. You guys know I rarely get sick. I haven't been sick in – I don't remember the last time that I was sick. It has been so long now because I'm super boosting every single day. And y'all don't worry, I'm still enjoying my wine, okay? Haven't given that up, I'm still sugar light, you know, I still have my vices, I still eat my chocolate and wine, all right? So, wish me luck on my trip. I've already identified plenty of um, restaurants with plant-based options that I'm going to check out. So excited for that. But if you want to try and get your Organifi on, maybe you have a trip. Even if it's a road trip, planes, trains, automobiles, wherever you're going, I love the travel packs. And, of course, I love all their products. You guys know I do the Organifi Gold at night. I do the Harmony. I put that, mix it with a little milk and sometimes coffee because it's like a chocolatey coffee cacao drink. Anyways, um, it's a great product. I am so grateful that I get to work with them this year. You're going to hear me talk a lot about Organifi. So check it out if this is resonating with you. You can also experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank because Organifi does take pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. That's worth it to me. Go to Organifi.com slash foodheals. Use my coupon code FOODHEALS. You'll get 20% off your order. Organifi.com slash Food Heals, 20% off. All right, Food Heals Nation, happy, happy Valentine's Day, and I hope you enjoy this fun, sexy, mashup throwback. All right, roll it, Roxy.
3: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: All right, first up, it's a throwback to my interview with Josh Trent. Back to episode 273, he got to come over to my studio, which was always great back in West Hollywood, and he talked about how he had just recently manifested his true love, and I'm happy to report that they are now together and they have a healthy baby. So congrats, Josh. And anyone listening, here's how you can manifest your true love too. Roll it, Roxy. You manifested this relationship after a powerful experience.
2: Oh my gosh. This so <laughs> so if anyone has heard of Paul Check, I was on Paul Check's podcast April 29th, which was my thirty-ninth birthday in, in Texas after the the paleo conference.
0: Happy belated birthday. Thank
2: you. And, Where are and, you were a speaker. That's right. I was yeah. I was moderating a panel with like Dave Asprey and, and some other really powerful people that are I, I believe doing great work. No one's perfect, but everyone's doing the best they can. And there's a lot of great speakers there, and Paul was one of them. Mm-hmm. And Paul had me on his podcast. And what was fascinating about Paul is that I, I really look to him as a mentor, and it's been ten years to like get there, yeah. you know, to really because I read his book in 2008, and so there I am on his podcast, and he turns to me out of the blue, and he just goes, "So, what are you most excited about right now?" And I thought about it, and I said. OK, I'm most excited about calling in divine partnership. Like I, I'm, I'm desiring and I'm calling in sacred union. He goes, oh, well, let me help you then. Would you like help? And I said, sure, I would love to get help. Oh yeah. And so he says, great. I'm going to give you Paramahansa Yogananda's soul union prayer. And Paramahasa Yogananda, for people that haven't heard of him, this was the man who was um, the autobiography of a yogi. He also founded the Self-Realization Fellowship across the world. One of their headquarters is in Encinitas. Mm -hmm. It's on the 101. If you're driving down, it's got these gold temples on it. It's Koi Pond, just incredible place. And he said, this is what called in my wife to me. And my wife was halfway across the world. And I kept reciting this Paramahasa Yogananda's prayer. And when I said it, it allowed me to see her face one day when he was meditating in between lectures.
0: Amazing. And
2: then one day she came into the hall and it was her. And it, he said that his whole meridian system just like activated. He could barely walk. He was mumbling. Like it was so powerful. This,
4: this, <laughs> he was this, mumbling. Di-
2: this divine union. Right. And so he said, are you ready? And I said, yeah. And, and he gave me this prayer and he said, bless me that I choose my life's companion, according to the laws of perfect soul union. Bless me that I choose my life's companion, According to the laws of perfect soul union. And then he paused and he said, that's your prayer. That's your practice. If you're ready, so is she, but be patient. Mm. And I can even feel it right now. just talking to you about it because it was so powerful. I, I don't know. It was like, it was like he was channeling Paramahasa Yogananda or something. Nine days later in the desert, I went out to go take a breath work Session and a podcast with Anahata Nando, who's a very powerful breath worker in Sedona, and I meet this girl, Carrie Michelle, on Cathedral Rock in Sedona. And the next thing, I'd been chatting with her on Facebook, and we just kind of met out there. I had no expectations, and I meet this woman, and I knew right away. I was like, I really, really like this woman a wow. lot. Like this is like a deep soul kind of contract here unfolding. And two weeks later, she came to San Diego, and then two weeks later, I went to Sedona, and we were laying by a stream. And I just told her the entire story about the soul union prayer. And we had this like ultimate seven day expansion of like understanding who the hell we really were. Wow. You know, when you look at somebody and you're like, I see you, I actually know who you are. Oh
0: my God.
2: And we were laying by the stream and I said, I don't want to date anyone else. And she was like, I don't want to date anyone else either. And I was like, well. Would you like to be my girlfriend?
0: <laughs> oh my god, this is so cute. <laughs> like
2: high school. Yeah. And she was like, "Okay, yeah." So, so, so okay. that ju- it just happened, and and it's a testament to three years of like a dark night of my soul, where just for three years, from like 2016 to 2019, was me just being with me and just like understanding all the dark ass parts of myself yeah. and doing a lot of breath work journeys and plant medicine and a lot of healing work and just really getting in there and just letting go of a lot of the things that happened for me, right? In order to prepare me for this union, it's all divinely guided. It's everything is divinely guided, whether we want to admit it or not.
0: You just said it, it happened for you, not to you. That's right. And that's the mind space we have to be in, right?
2: It's, I think it's the only way that imagination can actually give us what we desire is if we're not in the fucking way, if we get, (laughs) if we like get out of the way, but you know, what gets us in the way is like the the fear. If, if we're not doing our work and if we're afraid of something, which again, we talked about religion and finance, but it also comes from parents or from community Mm -hmm. fear, the news Mm -hmm. things that scare, you know, training, it's, it's, we're all part of a collective field and we're all lumps in like this cosmic soup. And if we can just understand that and just go slower, I think that we're moving so fast right now.
0: Yeah, with technology. We're seeing we're seeing
2: technology just like stack and replicate upon itself. For what? Just so that we can say we've done it? <laughs> like how do these technology executives sleep at night, the ones that are just chasing the top line revenue so they can make processors cheaper and speed faster. Like who are you actually serving? Mm -hmm. Like, are you really making this world better or are you just making money? Well, I think we can make money and make the world better. That's possible.
0: That is absolutely possible. It's a reality, but the pharmaceutical industries and the 5g industries don't understand that. But I was going to go back Hold on. I was going to ask you about A, 5G, but B, go back and say, if someone listening right now wants yeah. to manifest their love, yes. would you say, not only do you have to cultivate your own self-love, but also is that prayer for anyone or was that prayer specifically for you?
2: No, that prayer was for anyone. So
0: anyone can So do this. if
2: you were listening to that yeah. and you really were feeling that. And I'll read something else. This this is by my friend. And and this just came up for me. And she said, for those on the quest to finding love, this is a powerful loving suggestion. Stop being so attached to the outcome Mm -hmm. and experience the feeling of what you really want to feel in every circumstance, no matter who you're with. At every level of relating, there are beautiful moments to take in, give, and practice love. Use them often. You will find that the more you can be in the vibration of love unconditionally, the more love will boomerang its way back to you.
0: I love
2: that. And that's what you and I are yeah. talking about. If you're looking to attract your love, do your work and hold the vibration of what you want and attach emotion to it. Most people journal and they'll like, I want to have my five goals and I'm going to go to my strategy session. But they never, they never wrap emotion around it.
0: Well, and I think I remember it's, it's again, like remember the movie, the secret, it kind yes. of simplified this where it's like sleep on one side of the bed, put your car on one side of the garage so there's room for the other car. Sure. Fine, great. But if you're not doing the deep work that goes behind that, it's not going to work.
2: Exactly. Because desire and goal setting is one thing. Emotion and emotional charge is another. Yeah. Information, Tony Robbins Robbins says this all the time. Information without emotion is not going to get anyone anywhere. It's when you combine information and emotion that it supercharges. That's Mm -hmm. what actually gets Mm -hmm. manifestation working. That is the law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. And And I have a sense. I'm curious how you feel about this. And for everyone listening, like take this in right now, the law of reciprocity and the law of vibration, I can sense they're on the same frequency. In other words, the law of attraction, I'm putting out into the world what I want. Well, if I'm putting out love and I'm putting out service and I'm not hardcore expecting something in return, the law of reciprocity is going to bring it back to me. Yes. Like Shanoa talked about with the boomerang. Yeah. So the law of attraction and the law of reciprocity is really the same thing. It operates in the same vibrational code. So if I'm giving love and I'm giving service and I'm not hardcore expecting something back and I just trust that it'll come back. I mean, this is like the ultimate movie <laughs> that we can just, <laughs> that we can just manifest and just make this happen for ourselves. And this is like the, the branch of physical intelligence and emotional intelligence that I'm really diving into right now is how do I get good at manifesting? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I get really good at it? Cause it just happened.
1: Yeah. This, yeah and so yeah. I'm like, okay,
2: how do I duplicate that? Yeah. Like, What emotional state was I in? I was heart open. I was accepting. I was in possibility. Yeah. I wasn't in high levels of stress and I wasn't in like self limiting beliefs and doubts and fears. And I think, I think this is unique to everyone. So Yeah, I just feel like the way we started this podcast, the boomerang of love has come back. I didn't know I was going to read
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But no, I couldn't agree more because I know I can vibrate from many different frequencies, but when I'm vibrating in gratitude, I am able to manifest, but also forgiveness. Because if you're holding anything against anyone, including yourself, you are blocked. From all that can happen, all that can be yours. So for me, it's like forgiveness opens the door to freedom, and then from there, we can expand. From there, we can move into our missions. The more we give, the more we receive. And it's not just karma, like tip a little bit extra and you're going to receive money. I Maybe that works. I don't know tithing. Maybe that works. I don't know. But it's giving of yourself, giving and serving as much as you can. You have a podcast where you serve tons of people. Yeah, you might make some money from it, but you're doing it from a place of service. You're doing it from a place of giving back and that reciprocity will come to you. I believe.
2: I love that you brought up forgiveness too, because how many books and how many sentences from Oprah, to Tony Robbins, to Eckhart Tolle, to all these leaders that we learn from, they're all saying the same thing with different words. Yeah, different
0: words, for sure. And
2: you know what they're all saying is that forgiveness is not about the other person.
0: It's not about the it's other about person. It's
2: about me. Yes. It's about you. It's yes. a gift that we give ourselves. Yes. And, and, I'll, and holding
0: I'll something against someone else does not hurt them. It only hurts you
2: hundred percent. So
0: anyone that is whole, if you are holding something, that person did this to me, you are playing the victim and you are not truly letting go. And that doesn't affect that person only affects you. So listen to the full episode with Josh. It's actually a two part series. That section was from episode 273. If you want to start from the beginning, go back to episode 272. Next up is a clip from my girl, Kim Seltzer. This is a throwback to episode 238, and Kim's gonna talk about what a makeover can do for your love life, and when a little red lipstick doesn't hurt. Roll it, Roxy. How do you see your clients, or just people in general, giving away their power or taking their power back through the clothes that they choose to
5: wear. All the time. I mean, I'll throw myself under the bus first and foremost. I mean, when I was like wrapped in my black cocoon clothes, you know, forever, um, I I didn't realize that it was my kind of shield, my love shield, because I was so scared of being seen because then if I got the attention, well, then what the heck do I do? Like I mean, at that point, men were aliens to me. I mean, I had been married for a long time. Uh I was like, oh my God, who are you? And what do I do with you? You know? So I was just, I was riddled in fear. And so, you know, often I find that the clothes is, is a message and it also reflects of how people not only are feeling, but the value that they set on what clothes is for them. So in other words, like I think there are some people who are pretty good dressers, but then they will wear certain colors or certain styles that will hide them or or shift in the way that their moods do. But a lot of times and more often than not, there's just no awareness. Like they have no idea how they're coming across and how their image is preventing them from finding love. I know that almost sounds like superficial, but I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. There was this woman who hired me just for dating coaching because, you know, sometimes people will hire me just for styling or just for the coaching or just for, you know, whatever it is that they need or confidence. But, um, she thought her clothes were great. Seriously. Like she, and actually her Mm -hmm. clothes were very expensive. I could tell. It's not like she, you know, didn't know about, you know, good brands and she enjoyed the shopping aspect, but she showed up in all beige. And the clothes were literally three sizes too big because she was tiny. And she Mm. was, she has Indian skin and, you know, there were certain colors I knew that were going to look fabulous, but she had no makeup on and the beige and she was just looking washed out and tired. But on top of that, when she showed up to meet me, she had a huge shawl around her. I'm like, okay, wait, we're going flirting and you're wearing a shawl. Like, like do you know what I'm saying? I like, just and I'm not just talking like a sexy shawl, you know, like like you know, it was like this is cute. it looked like a blanket. I don't know how else to describe it. So um, you know what?
0: That screams to me like I need protection. I'm not ready. Like I'm not ready to come out. I need or to comfort, bingo. cloak myself. Comfort. Bingo. Cloak myself. No,
5: you got you ladies are spot on. That's exactly. And when I, you know, really kind of dug deeper into her history and and got understanding of you know where she came from. That's exactly what this was. It was exactly that protection thing. But she had no idea that her clothes were doing that for her. So you know what I said? I, I sent her home. I said, look, I, I, I want to help you and we're going to learn how to flirt and I'm going to get you to where you want to go, but I can't work with you until we work on your image. And she's like, what? You know, she had no, She was almost like offended. I said, yeah. I said, <laughs> what you're wearing and how you're wearing it is preventing, like it's literally preventing guys from approaching you. So I gave her an assignment before we went shopping. And I said, I want you just to go home and get a red lipstick. And I want you to wear the red lipstick, yeah. right? I want you to wear the red lipstick for a week and then report back to me what happened. And then we'll talk about shopping. And, and I said, and no shawl. I, the shawl has got to go. Like, we'll have a <laughs> ceremony and burn it if we need to. That's fine. So she's like, okay. <laughs> you know, so she got a red lipstick. And I taught. So then a week later, she calls me and she's like, Oh my God, Kim. I'm like, What happened? She's like, That little magic red bullet. She wore the red lipstick and she said that everywhere she went, guys were talking to her, like on the subway, in the Uber car, in the coffee shop. And she's like, And I didn't even start it. Like they just started talking to me. I said, Really? Interesting. So did you talk back? She's like, You know what? I did. (laughs) <laughs> it was so cute. It is something that's so like fun and exciting to do, especially when it comes to dating or just you know reigniting some fire and couplehood. It's just you know having that kind of feeling sexy, you know and it really is about how you feel and your mindset that transcends to the guy, and then the guy sees you as sexy too. so I always tell people, and I'll go back to the red lipstick but Men love women who love themselves. And same is true, you know, it works in reverse as well. And so I always tell people this isn't about the man. It's not about the woman. This is about you and how you view you. And that's why this stuff is so powerful that I'm talking about. And so going back to the red lipstick, what she realized is that when she had gotten these guys attention and they started talking to her, her confidence grew to then have conversation and engage in that way. And it gave her that confidence. And she started feeling more sexy, more confident and liked by men each day that she wore it you know, again, it was like a vehicle for change. And then from there we did go shopping and the happy ending is she landed a great guy, you know, after we coached together. And so the research about the red, this is so fascinating because I've been saying this for years, you know, like if you want to get a click on your pick on Bumble, wear a red dress. If you want to walk into a party and attract a guy, wear a red, like it doesn't matter, red boots, red shoes, red lips, all of it. And so they found biological – I finally found an article this year about, like, biological reasons why guys like it. Because, I mean, without being so gross, I mean, think about it. That's the color of menstruation. So, you know, it's fertility. But it's a subconscious wow. thing. So they, they're they attracted to it, to procreate. Wow. Okay. I've
6: never did this one crazy? before. I love that's it. That's not – I, w- I would have never I guessed know. that.
5: I know. I mean, I just – I think we know that red. you know – Stops people in this track. I mean, look, sirens are red, stop signs are red, you know, like it does stop people. But for men in particular, I thought that was so fascinating.
6: Hey, Allie. It is what? Food Heals color theme.
5: Uh, It's red. (laughs) Nice.
0: Yeah, we got our red walls. We've got our red artwork. (laughs) Red has always been in our lives. Those are so
5: fiery. I love it. We're just one (laughs) big
6: uterus. <laughs> right. 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 Sorry man, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes we
0: get a little bit <laughs> <fun. laughs> love it. Always a pleasure hanging out with Kim. Go back to episode 238 to hear the full interview. All right, Food Heals Nation. Well you know JJ, JJ Flazaine. She was on last week, about a week ago, February 2nd, and we talked all kinds of things like how to vibrate in order to attract the things that you want to quote-unquote, manifest in your life. Um, We talked about why talk therapy may be ineffective for you and what to do instead. And she has a workshop for you that I wanted to make sure you put on your calendar. That is Wednesday, February 23rd. It's at 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern. It's a free workshop. And it's really about three reasons why talk therapy is ineffective and all of the tools for you to do Instead, so if you want to join, just go to foodhealsnationcom therapy. Many people, you know, they have resistance to therapy. They know someone or they've gone through it themselves and they're talking about the same issues year after year and they're not experiencing real results or real changes. And so what JJ realized was that traditional talk therapy had a lot of shortcomings and without understanding what they are, you might be frustrated and disappointed because you're like, why aren't I making any progress here? Why am I still talking about the same thing? Thing. So, in this course or in this workshop, JJ will take you through the top three reasons why this kind of therapy is ineffective and what you want to do instead. So She'll be talking about things like stress reduction versus stress management, what two parts of the brain are missing from this type of training, from this type of modality, what are your triggers and how to actually deal with them so you have success, what are the tools that you can use on your own, I love tools I can use on my own because then I know I can get through it, I don't have to talk to anyone, and I can heal myself, that's what food heals is all about, healing yourself, right, how to create new neural pathways. This is something that we can do and practice regularly and create new neural pathways so that we're not experiencing the same shit over and over again. Sorry to curse, but like that's what it is, right? She'll talk about what is the difference between healing and compensating, right? How many times have you been like, oh, I'm healed? No, 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 no. You compensated and figured out a workaround, but are you healed? No, because the same stuff is coming up, right? How to identify when you're stuck in a pattern and what to do about it. So that and so much more. You will get a free gift for coming live and a tool that you can use to help process your emotions. So that'll be Wednesday, February 23rd at 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern at foodhealsnation.com therapy. I was going to say that I hope to see you there. But I will be on a plane to Tallinn. I am so, so sad to miss it. I know a lot of Food Heals you students will be there. I appreciate some of you who gave me some good feedback on the JJ episode. I got some nice DMs about it. I appreciated you, Jennifer, um, longtime listener and friend, for posting to Facebook that you were listening to me and JJ and you could listen to us forever. We made your day. So you made our day by posting that. So, you guys, if this is of interest to you, just go check it out. I'm really sorry that I can't be at this one, but I will be at future ones. So she's going to do some more trainings and I would love to be there. Um, so, you guys, let me know. How how it goes. Um, and yeah, just go to foodhealsnation.com slash therapy and sign up there. All right, back to the show. Happy Valentine's Day. Next up is my interview with Stephanie Kwong, co-hosted by Ashley Fillingham. That was from the summer, episode 330. And Stephanie talks about an experience that she went through that's pretty shocking and how she turned it around to manifest her true love. And she's so happy now, you guys. She is in a loving, wonderful relationship. So happy, happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. Roll it, Roxy. Tell us about, you had some Very traumatic for women experiences with your dating life, which, you know, that is a facet of our self-love programming as well. Because as much as your mother showed you unconditional love, no matter what, we can all be hurt in love. And so tell us what happened there with the love of your life at that time. Mm,
3: Girl. Well, it wasn't just... Sorry. Him. <laughs> it's okay. Let's just open this wound right now. Don't you worry. No. Um, so I, the, I think the one that you're, you're referencing was the last relationship before the one I have now, which was about six years ago. And it's interesting because I actually, old pattern, called in or attracted men who cheated. Um, I have okay. had four total and wow. one great, yeah, one fantastic relationship when I was in my early 20s, but he didn't fit the model of how I thought I should be treated by a man. Like he mm-hmm. was actually nice to me. <laughs> so <clears throat> <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, I was God like, God oh,
0: forbid you're a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Stop being so
3: nice. Why do you, why are you being so kind and supportive? This is really odd. And so I rejected him and pushed him away, which is actually what happens, right? Anything, whatever we believe. And at the time, for a very long time, I believed that I was unlovable, just Mm -hmm. as I was. I was like, the only way I could get love is by achieving or by doing things for people. I never felt enough in relationship. Um, And because of that, I had attracted men who reflected that. These are men who cheated and can I just pause for one second I
0: I wish we had an audience right now because I would say raise your hand if you can relate to what Steph just said I mean my hand is in the air completely yeah yeah Ashley I mean it's like this is and I'm I'm a student of psychology as well you're a student of psychology this is stuff that we're now really into and obsessed with and it is psychology 101 but gosh I didn't I had no idea and I rejected love in the same way and um feeling the feelings of unworthiness that I had. And when I, when someone wasn't a bad boy and treated me well, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was in my twenties too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you so nice to me? Yeah. Like what's wrong with you, yeah. buddy? And like, it's just fascinating. And now I can see it completely different and I've completely changed my life. That was twenties as well. So mm-hmm. long, long time ago, but I just wanted to, to shout that out. Cause I feel like that is very relatable, yeah. but please continue.
3: Yeah. And so it's interesting because How the mind works is whatever does not jive with what we believe, whatever's programmed in our subconscious, whatever in our external world is in opposition to that, it's actually perceived as a threat by the mind. So hence the, if I believe I'm unlovable and you're now coming at me with a ton of love, it's perceived as a threat by the mind. You're like, what do I do with this? This isn't right. This isn't a line. Get out, get out, and we get rid of it. So we'll sabotage it, destroy it, or we'll run away from it. Which is what I did, right? I broke the relationship and went off my way on my way. And then the next person I dated was a sociopath. It was perfect. And Oh,
0: we know a couple of those. <laughs>
3: I know nothing about that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this feels familiar. Okay, this is what's right. Yeah. Treat me like shit yeah. and lie to me. Like and gaslight me. It's so that was. What I'd been accustomed to. And so after that one, actually, I took a break and I was like, okay, that was probably the most toxic one I had dated. And I took time to start healing, but didn't do enough because in in the next relationship that I called in, I was like, oh, this guy is different. And he would never cheat on me. He wouldn't even lie about the silliest little things. Like I, Mm Well, I'm not going to say, but, well, because, well, I'll just say, but basically I needed a landline because with coaching, if my phone, cell phone cut out, I didn't want to do that to a client. So I told my boyfriend at the time, I said, Hey, can you get a landline? And if you tell them that you have like a learning disorder, they'll actually give you a really easy number. And I wanted a really easy number. And he goes, uh, I'm not going to lie about that. And so I thought, Oh, this guy won't even lie about the tiniest little thing like that. Mm. And so he's very trustworthy. And I had him...
7: He'll actually use that to make you feel bad about yourself. Ah,
3: yeah. And so... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I pegged him in so many ways just by observing him. I was like, wow, he's a very honest man. And I actually gave up some of my non-negotiables to be with him. Wow. Because at least I was like, I was so deeply desperate to not be hurt that I was willing to give up things that were extraordinarily important to me in a partnership. Right. And then... We moved in together. We'd been together for three years, moved in, talked about getting married, having children. And I meditate every day. And after a morning meditation, I got the direct divine command that said checkmatch.com. Oh my God, I have chills. Yeah, and that's how he and I had met. And so I logged in with my old passcodes. It took me to his profile. Uh, I saw that he had taken... Swiped photos off of my, my Facebook page of him and put it onto his profile.
1: And wow.
3: it said, online now, DM me. And I still remember what I read in the bio, it, in the, what it started. It said, I just broke up with my girlfriend. She's amazing, but not the one. I'm looking for a little spoon to my big oh, spoon. My- and on it went.
0: Yeah. Oh my God,
3: Stephanie.
0: Oh, my heart hurts. Yeah. And to clarify, clarify clarify for us, he had not broken up with you.
3: Nope. No, we were living together, talking <laughs> about having kids, getting married, you know, all the things. Yeah, still doing sweet things for me. So I was like, this guy's different.
0: I have to know
3: how you confronted him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need the dirty details.
3: Okay. So I texted him and I said, hey, do you have an active profile? on match.com question mark. And then I wrote, Oh, actually looks like you do. It says online now, DM me. And then I, after that I wrote, I'm out. And then he called and called and called and called. I didn't pick up. And I literally called one of my best friends. She's like, grab your stuff and bear my dog and get over here right now. Mm. And so that's what I did. And I went over to her place and didn't talk to him for a few days. I mean, literally, what are you going to say to me? Yeah. What are you going to say?
7: Regroup. Come on. Yeah. Stand in your power. Wait till you can stand in yeah. your power. And
3: I know everyone has their different um, ways of responding or reacting to cheating. But I think because it had been so frequent for me, it was very black and white. Like, you do it, you're done. Yeah. And so there was no discussion really for me. And I also realized, because I've been doing all this personal development work at this point, I was like, the common denominator is me. It has nothing to do with these guys, right? They they didn't do anything wrong. What is what is going on with, within me? Then I keep attracting the same dude. And I thought I had done enough like healing, you know, with the last one, the sociopath, but I hadn't. And it's also when I later realized the deep work in the subconscious. That's what changed the game. So I could read all the books that That I wanted to or, you know, do all the burning rituals of what I don't want and releasing them on the full moon. But if still at a deep subconscious level, I held these beliefs of feeling unworthy of love, feeling unlovable, feeling not good enough, it didn't matter. That's what was doing the picking for me still, which I thought I had changed. But again, I only did it on a conscious level, not on a a subconscious.
0: And when it's conscious, you're constantly engaged in these mental gymnastics (laughs) of trying to outsmart your own self. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny is when you said, you know, there's only so much I can burn under the full moon. Ashley and I were literally talking about this other d- the other day. We're like, all right, enough writing and burning. Like, we're done with this. Like, why is it still coming back? There's only so much writing and burning we can do. So it is accessing that next level uh, subconscious. So I would love to hear more about how to do that. Because very often, I think we are doing surface level work that we perceive as the deep level work. And we're where do you draw the line and how do you know the difference?
3: Yeah. So the subconscious is like when it's deep in your belief system, right? Not just in your beliefs, but your subconscious is also part of your soma, your body. We store traumas and memories inside of our body that don't really have language, like a specific mm-hmm. belief, but it is a reaction that can occur when something feels unsafe for us. It's coded into the body. So there's multiple. that's where you have to go to create the change is a rewiring in the complete subconscious and again just not on the conscious level. And for me I've found four different ways to engage with the subconscious to create the change. The first which takes a lot of time but it still works is through repetition. Mm-hmm. Right? The more you continue to do something the deeper the grooves become in your in with using neuroplasticity that eventually you'll pick on that new belief or pick on a new pattern behavior and so it takes something though but that is one way to start to really engage and get something into your subconscious a pattern that you want then another way it's like the i am exercise yeah you can absolutely do the i am exercises and the most important though is doing it with feeling because how our subconscious communicates is in images and emotions Which is why visualization and also adding emotions into it can be extraordinarily impactful for us. Or if you're repeating a word, but you're using emotionality inside of it, that's what has it deepened into the subconscious.
0: Yeah. So not just... I mean, repetition, as you said, but not just repeating something in a monotone voice, yes. really saying it with passion and purpose is purpose like you mean it and trying your best to feel that feeling that you're visualizing that you're saying out loud. That's really what makes the shift because it's like your subconscious doesn't know the difference between reality and what you're envisioning. And so if you're giving right. it that, if you're giving it the opposite feeling every day of, Oh, woe is me, or oh, I'm always cheated on, or oh, I believe this. Then that's going to continue to happen for you until you start telling yourself, "No, now I believe this, and I'm going to vibrate here all of the time." And then mm-hmm. you just start to vibrate there more and more and more and more. oh let's vibrate yep. there. Yeah. yeah but- <laughs> so, I also am a fan of vibration in other formats.
3: All formats of I- <laughs> Exactly. Some that have batteries. Anyway, so yes. with the best <laughs> to end up there. <laughs> Sorry. You know we're going to
0: go there. And I had a great time with Stephanie. You can go back and listen to the full episode, episode 330. Next up, we're throwing it back to an episode that I adore with Danielle Mercurio, episode 207. Danielle is one of the funniest people I know personally, and she takes us through a sexy meditation you can do for your man. Roll it, Roxy.
8: I totally believe in the power of quickies in general, specifically with meditations. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I have done, I have been successful in doing that. So they'll come over, I'll I'll meditate them and lead them through a certain meditation. I'll play music, I'll set up the scene. And then they're like, so like, you know, they feel great because I'm really good at leading meditations. And then it's just kind of like oh. on from there. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is yeah. hot. So does it turn them oh on? Oh my God, it too? turns
8: them on. They're like, first of all, they're calm, they're relaxed. They feel less stressed. So they're happy about all that. They're like, how did you do that? Like, I feel like so good. Men are really easy to meditate, by the way, just in general. Um, if anyone ha- like If anyone has a limiting belief around that, like, oh, I have men in my meditation class there. I actually think it's easier to meditate with men than it is with women sometimes. Um, they, they yeah, I hear Yeah, because they're very one track minds, So it's easier for them to just kind of fall in unless they're super skeptical. But for the most part it's, especially if they have some kind of connection with you and trust you in some capacity, I mean, trust you enough to come over to your house, then you can meditate them. So they just feel really good and relaxed. And then they're also like very impressed. And when a guy is impressed by you, I mean, that's, that's some good stuff.
0: <laughs> That's poor play. That's when poor play. play. <laughs> when a guy isn't
8: impressed Like now you are like The prize, right? Because it's like Oh, I have totally like Shown you like my value And why I'm so awesome And like I know that and now you get to see why too
0: So what's a fun meditation that we could practice either with a day or with our (laughs) boyfriends or with our husband? Like, so what I
8: like to use when I use meditation, I like, um, like EDM trance kind of music. So anything kind of trancy, um, kind of has like a, a slow beat to it that just kind of, you know, not like porno music. Okay. I'm not like, I'm not like that crazy creepy, but I really (laughs) like like Porter Robinson. He has some really good tracks. And if you guys can follow me on Spotify, you can find some of my, my jams on there. What's your spot? Uh, So it should be under Daniel Mercurio, my name. Um, I'll give you the the link, but I think if you search Daniel Mercurio, you should find me Um, Kundalini groove. There's some good ones on that uh, playlist. I should just make one labeled man magnet. Ah, right? yes, man magnet it. meditations.
0: I mean, you need to buy that domain yeah. right now before someone I'm else. I'm writing does. this down. <laughs> I'm <laughs>
8: writing <laughs> this down. Okay.
0: So, See, inspiration happens when you're podcasting too. You never know when it's gonna happen. Never you never know when it's gonna you hit never
8: you. know. So, yes, something like that, something that has like a good beat to it. Don't don't play like a kundalini track. Like that's gonna throw them off, right? Or like anything like super Indian infused, like that might throw them off. You don't want them to think it's like weird or woo-woo.
0: Not when you're introducing them to this, right, right? Exactly.
8: Yeah. Like one time I got a I brought a guy over and, we, and I showed him my Ouija board. That was not, and I saged him. That was not a good idea. That was when I was still like <laughs> new to spirituality and I was introducing drinking again. That was not a good idea. So anyway, this is amazing. Come over and let's play Ouija board and wait, let me sage. First. Yeah. I saged him. <laughs> and then I was like, who do you want to call in? And he was just like, I think I want to call in the police. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. I should leave. Um, never heard from him again, but, uh, Ah. so play some good jams, nothing too woo, nothing too out there. I wouldn't sage. I would just keep it normal, sit on the floor. If you have some cushions or something, and then just sit cross legged together. And I would do something very simple because they don't, you know, again, you don't want to like freak them out too much. So what I like, Um, is this one where it helps with communication. So what you're going to do is it's called a mudra. So mudra is when you put your fingers in certain positions for meditation
0: um, (laughs) and pleasure. (laughs) Not those kind of positions. (laughs) So you
8: take your thumb and you bend down your pinky finger. So your thumb is going to go on top of the nail of your pinky. And then your other three fingers are going to shoot out. So your index, middle, and ring fingers are going to shoot out. And then you just place them on top of your knees. And then what you do is you do a simple breath in through the mouth and out through the mouth. Again, we want to be focusing on the mouth here, right? Especially if it's a guy you're into, you're looking for some connection.
9: Mm -hmm. You want him
8: breathing in and out of his mouth. So just soft breaths in through the mouth and then out through the mouth. The eyes are closed looking downward just kind of this experience of them just kind of holding this pose, their eyes are closed, they're focusing on the O mouth. And and also breath work that's done throughout the mouth is more distracting for the mind than through the nose. So it's um, harder to drift off when you're doing mouth breath.
5: Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So that's
8: something because you kind of have to think a little more. So it, it or not yeah. think a little more, you, you have to be deliberate in your breath. So then it doesn't give you a chance to think about other things and drift off. So do that for like, you know, three to five minutes or whatever the course of the song is. And you can just tell them that this helps open up communication. Um, it's going to promote less stress. It's going to help them clear their mind and just, yeah, and just take them through it. And if you want to, sometimes I'll say some things during it. I don't know, just to kind of pep them up a little bit, like during it. I mean, like, give us an example. You have to go there now. Okay, so like the song's (laughs) playing and and I, I don't start talking right away. Like, first I'll guide them, right? Like, just like close your eyes and, you know, gently starting to inhale in through the mouth and just letting it take its time. Before it feels ready to release back out through the mouth, long and deep, right? You want to use words like that, long and deep, just kind of undulating the breath. I love your medicine. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Undulating the breath in, letting it go, and just continuing that cycle of breath, allowing yourself to feel at peace in this moment. All that matters is here and now. Right? See, it's not creepy to say that. So all that matters is here and now. And then you just kind of let them be in it. And then as you notice, it's starting to come to a close. You just remind them to stay with that breath and to kind of bring their attention to something that really matters to them. Something that is important or something that they're looking to bring more success or prosperity to. Kind of use their language like success or money you don't want to use woo-woo words, like they don't really know abundance and some of that stuff. So, um, you know, something you know, somewhere where you're looking to advance in your life or, you know, promote to whatever it may be. And as you, you know, allow your, your mind to focus on this level of success, this area where you're looking to expand, just breathe in and just hold this breath, hold this space, hold this thought, and then allow it to Drift back out into the world and repeating again, bringing that breath in through the mouth, holding it in and just holding this thought, holding this notion of success, of expansion, of having impact, letting it go. Once more, breathing it all in, holding and releasing and then allowing yourself to come back to your body, relaxing the breath relaxing the hands and when you're ready you can open your eyes
0: yeah. oh my god i just went with you the whole yeah. time yeah. i love and they it open their
8: eyes and they're looking at you baby
0: it's a good moment who else wants a free fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door 323com That's getfresh323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. getfresh323.com. Always a party and lots of laughter when you're hanging out with Danielle. If you want to hang out with us, go back to episode 207 for the full interview. Next up, Susie and I are talking with Laura Peterson and Erica Mandy about some of their favorite or most horrifying dating stories and yes they all have to do with online dating most likely you know tinder and all the swiping apps oh my gosh by the way who has seen the tinder swindler i am obsessed oh my god if you've seen it should we talk about it um i won't talk about it today but oh it's so interesting it's so good and I don't want to give away the ending, but what happens is pretty shocking. Um, the whole thing is shocking. And uh, if you want to talk about it, maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode or post in the Facebook group. We can have a discussion. Anyways, I don't want to bore you with that on Valentine's Day. I want to scare anyone, but it's a scary world out there, ladies. Be safe. Um, but luckily, Erica and Laura's stories aren't that bad. They're just pretty funny. So roll it, Roxy tell us your first date horror story. So,
10: this was <laughs> this was the first and last date with this person. So, I was living in Portland, Oregon at the time, and I actually was trying out match.com, and I had I had one little success story with that, but this was not that. I we were supposed to meet for dinner, so by the time I arrived, This wasn't a big deal. He was sitting at the bar and he would already ordered an appetizer. And so I ordered a drink and we're having that appetizer. And then I'm like, okay, so should we order dinner? And he's like, I think we've had enough. And I'm like, okay, then I don't know what you're trying to tell me, but that's fine. Maybe we had a misunderstanding about whether this was dinner or not. So then we start talking about career. What do you do? You know, I'm a TV news reporter. And so he's like, yeah, I looked you up and, you know, on your website, the picture that you chose your smile is really fake looking and it looks like it's really photoshopped so you should probably pick a different picture that, and I'm like really? okay first of all it's not photoshopped <laughs> but thanks for telling me that my smile looks fake on our first date and I didn't ask for your right. opinion so I'm like okay so now my guard's up a little bit I'm like okay I'll, tra- I'll give this guy a pass so then we keep talking and his next question is so what's your favorite movie And I tell him, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm a journalist and I see different perspectives, but I don't really have one favorite movie. I kind of like a handful of movies for different reasons. Depends what mood I'm in. And he says, you must not know what you want out of life if you can't pick one favorite movie. I always think that's a sign of someone who's indecisive. And I'm like, oh my God, could you, like, what else is this kid going to say? This um, is unbelievable. And on top of that, just to put, <laughs> I know, right? I don't understand why people think this is right. acceptable. I don't know if it's, it's not necessarily funny, but I was like, get me out yes, of here.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
10: On top of that, he had something going on on his lip. I'm not wait, saying wait, wait, it was his any lip. I, I don't know what it was. Okay. Yeah, but the thing is, then he asked me to share his drink, and it wasn't piece. There was no explanation. But of course, it. Was. I don't know. <laughs> what else could I be? <laughs> if it's a blister. But then, why are you asking me to share? That's fine, but then don't ask me to share your drink. You know, Sweet. I'm like, so I was like, I had I to turn him down. I, I mean, concerned.
6: it just felt
3: like one thing concerned. after Why another. Why did
6: he ask you to share his drink? Like, was it? Like, taste my drink. Like, oh, try this. This is
3: good. Ew.
11: And I'm like, I'm good.
3: <laughs>
10: Ew. so with after all these insults, and I was like, no way we're into each other. But then he actually did ask me to go for another drink somewhere else. And I'm like, first of all, I'm still hungry. I haven't had dinner. <laughs> and second of all, uh, no. So thankfully, I just went home. And that was the end of that. So nothing too crazy. But I just don't understand why people ask or, or say these crazy things on a first date and think that like, I don't know, that we're in kindergarten. And if you insult someone, maybe that's flirtatious. No, those I don't insults know. are
0: absurd. I mean, this guy must have so many issues with control. And that's why, I mean, everyone's online. I get it. But like, he probably is still not married unless he found someone that could put up with that BS that gives it right back somehow. Well, you
6: know, the hardest part about all this is that like, if you had met just in a social setting, what makes online dating so hard or just even meeting, you can't even call it dating if it's just a meet and greet, right? But like, what makes it so hard is you can usually suss these things out. If you're just, if you just met at a party or a fundraiser or a bar or whatever, you could like figure out, no, there's something off with this guy. But because you go there and you read their the, the, you know, the profile and the pictures are like the best ones. Obviously you Photoshopped your smile. So, you know, like
9: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we all kind of lie
6: or like try to put our best foot forward, but you can't, you have no opportunity to like get rid of, or like weed out people that otherwise you would be like, no, no, thanks you kind of go there expecting like, oh, or at least being hopeful. And that's why when when it doesn't turn out or when you have experiences like that, it's like, ugh. yeah.
10: And we even had a phone conversation beforehand that went really well. And so it was really shocking that in person he maybe that's what happens when he gets nervous or something. I don't Could know. Be. Well,
0: at least there's a happy ending to your story because now you are happily blissfully married.
10: That's true. And he does not. He, he <laughs> loves my pictures. And he loves, and we watch movies all the time together. And and
0: photogenic.
10: Yeah, it wasn't even photoshopped. I think he was just, I don't know. I think you're right. It's probably about control. He may have
6: been intimidated. Maybe he thought you're too, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, that's just weird. Who knows? Yeah. Thankfully,
10: I, I never saw or heard of him from him again. <laughs> so we were,
0: we were done. Well, it would be the worst if you like ran into this person later and you're like,
6: oh, hey. <laughs> what if he listens to the podcast,
0: maybe?
6: And <laughs> he needs to change his habits. You're listening whoever you are. <laughs> change your ways. We've
0: got, we've got advice for you. All right, Laura, what's your most hilarious dating story? Okay. So mine is actually kind of
7: the opposite from Erica's in the sense that it's the guy didn't do anything wrong. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was in this relationship for seven years. It was like my first and only boyfriend. And it lasted forever. And when I finally was able to let that go, because it definitely wasn't the right thing for me, I went into try the online dating and just like Erica, I met this guy on Match.com and I thought he was really cute and I was really excited to go out. But I mean, I was like new to dating. I mean, was, I was like in my late 20s and I had never actually like really dated. So I was like brand new to everything. <laughs> and so he said, let's go out to dinner at this fancy restaurant in Scottsdale because I was living in Arizona at the time. Now I'm in San Diego, but I was living in Arizona back then. And I'm not a super fancy eater person. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And Scottsdale was a little bit of from where I live. So I ended up coming late, not on purpose. And that's like mortifying for me because I was raised to like being on time is late, like you should be there early. <laughs> so I was so embarrassed. And I was late and I was like, couldn't figure out how to find this place. So I finally arrived and he was like, Oh, it's no big deal. And so we sit and we have this great conversation. And he's like, Oh, let's order some artichoke carts, like the, like an artichoke cart, one of those big ones where they like deep fry it or something <laughs> and they serve it with a garlic aioli dip. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. So, that comes and we start to eat it. And I grab like a big leaf of this artichoke and I put it Uh-oh. all of it in my Uh-oh. mouth and I start chewing. <laughs>
0: you didn't know how to. Arti- just... You didn't know how the arti- the etiquette of art- the artichoke. I
7: had no clue the etiquette of the artichoke. So <laughs> I had never eaten one like that in my entire life. So I'm just chewing on this. Forever, And it's not going away. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> I like look over at him and I, I see these like little shells that he had put down. So it was kind of like edamame where you like squeeze out the meat in the middle yeah. and then you put it down. Yeah. Oh my God. So I finally realized that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm so embarrassed. So I'm like trying to play it off and I'm hoping he doesn't notice. <laughs> so I spit this like masticated wad <laughs> into my napkin as like secretively as I possibly can. And I kind of ball it up, up in a little ball in my napkin and just put it in my lap and thinking, okay, it's fine and we keep on talking. We like, it was a great time. (laughs) And towards the end, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to the restroom. So I get up and I go to the bathroom and I come back and underneath my seat is this masticated ball of artichoke. (laughs) It had like fallen out of the napkin, like right there for everyone to see. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. So, oh, that was basically it. And I mean, the date ended up going all right. And I, I saw him two more times and then it kind of just dissolved from there. But it was really embarrassing for me because I was like trying to come off like, you know, confident. And I, <laughs> yeah. And I had no, I was late. I had no idea how to eat this stuff. And it like fell out of my napkin. I just looked like, you know, hick girl or something. I <laughs> no clue. Like the big city.
0: <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. But he didn't even know, it sounds like.
7: I mean, if he noticed, he didn't bring it up. So at least that was good. But That's
0: a sign I mean, of a good man, actually. That's like, you yeah. know what? That's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not going to say a word.
7: <laughs> I know. So I have no idea to this day if he noticed at the earlier stage or in the later stage or it was on the floor. But oh, I went home and I just laughed and I just told all my girlfriends. I was like, that was so embarrassing. But Oh well. <laughs>
0: but for the rest of your life.
10: Laura, you will never
0: forget. How to eat an
7: artichoke now? <laughs> oh no, girls. I I am the best eater of artichokes now. I got it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nation, We are here with our good friend, Dr. Group from the Global Healing Center. You have heard me talking about them for years, actually since day one of this podcast began. I've been taking his supplements. So Dr. Group, why are your supplements different from other supplements out there on the market? Because we know there is a supplement company coming up every minute and I'm like, is this a good one? Is this a bad one? And how do we tell?
4: Yeah, that's, that's a question I get all the time, and it's a really good question. First of all, you have to look at the, the owner of the company and look at what their quality control is and what their mission is. I mean, our mission has always been to produce the highest quality supplements out there, raw if possible, preserve the natural components of the plants. And ultimately, like Tesla and Einstein said, everything in life comes back to vibration and energy. That's it vibration and energy. So we try to produce the highest vibrational, highest energetic products out there. We're... one of the only privately owned companies left. Most companies have been bought up by private equity. They've been bought up by the pharmaceutical companies. And once those companies come in, they just completely uh, destroy the vibrations of the products. They get the cheapest uh, products they can. They just try to turn it around and sell it five years later. We invented, it took us seven years to invent a raw herbal extraction process using all cold methods to where we can preserve that life force. So when you take it, it's like you picked it fresh from the ground and you put it in your mouth. We don't use any any chemicals, any fillers, any excipients, anything. We use only raw, organic, non-GMO ingredients. We were the first company in the world to build from the ground up a manufacturing facility in Phoenix, Arizona using all organic materials. We have all organic paint on the walls. We have a state-of-the-art air purification system using ionized hydroperoxides. Everything in our facility is is meticulously cleaned with only organic cleaning products. We play music for the herbs. Um, Not only that, we only use triple distilled biophotonic water that we infuse light and sound frequencies into as the base of our raw herbal extraction process. We we created an ormus supercharged minerals to to even impart a higher vibrational frequency into all of our products. So, we're constantly looking for ways to increase the efficacy, increase the power, increase the vibrations, the energy of our supplements to make the best possible nutritional supplements in the world that you can take and you can get results with.
0: Wow, I was already your super fan. I am so blown away. I mean, this is incredible. I don't think there's any other company out there doing the amazing work that you are doing. And I trust you guys with all my heart and soul and everyone that I can, I will refer to you. So Food Heals Nation, make sure to go to globalhealing.com. Everything you need is there. Use the coupon code Food Heals 21 and you will get 20% off your order. Thank you so much for that discount, Dr. Group, and thank you for being here.
4: Oh, you're welcome. I mean, we're just here to help as many people as we can just like you
0: the next clip I wanted to include because I do think it's also important to talk about how to get out of a relationship and so this is a clip from my interview with Whitney Lauritsen and Nicole Dursway from earlier this year where we talk about how to get out of um, narcissistic abusive
11: relationships roll it Roxy There's a another book I want to bring up, uh, called "Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents."
6: Mm,
5: and got a lot of good ones.
11: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I gravitate towards trying to figure this stuff out, and totally. that book is really lovely. It's not necessarily about narcissism. But it's about healing from distant, rejecting, or self-involved parents. And narcissism is all about being self-involved. And one point in that book is that we tend to gravitate towards situations that we have experience with because we know how to deal with them. Yes. And one thing that I am reflecting on a lot recently is how I have gravitated towards relationships that are either similar to the dynamic I have with my mother or sometimes where I get to play the role of uh, the, the my mother in that situation and just kind of all these dynamics. And it's pointed out that it's because it feels comfortable. And I think that's like a really good opportunity to reflect on like what makes us comfortable and what makes us uncomfortable. That's the whole theme of my podcast. Uh, because I feel like if we can just sit with either comfort or discomfort and ask yourself, well, where is that coming from? We can start to reflect on all of these patterns, which may help us heal these relationships and also work on having better relationships in the future.
0: This is so good. So as an empath, which I know both of you are, as a highly emotional person, which I say in a good way, not in a bad way, in any way, shape or form. But narcissists, sociopaths, these type of energies are attracted to us. And so am I going to play the victim and go, God, these narcissists always get me. They always love me, like poor me. Or am I going to take my power back and I'm going to go, well, let me heal what it is inside myself that keeps attracting these relationships to me because there must be a reason, something unhealed within myself. So if I can take responsibility for what's unhealed within myself, whether it's childhood or just a recent relationship or whatever it might be, then I can take my power back and say, no, no more narcissists in this, (laughs) in this lifetime. Um, and if you come, I reject you immediately. I see you coming from a mile away and I don't accept that relationship into my life, but it takes me going, what do I need to work on? What do I need to heal? And I, I follow a lot of like psychology and stuff like that on Instagram. A lot of them are funny. And there are so many memes that are just like, oh yeah, you just got all that breakup. Well, you're going to get into the exact same relationship unless you heal what it is that got you into the first one, because it is a trauma with a parent or an unhealed relationship with someone from your childhood. Or it could be something that happened in your twenties or thirties, who knows, right? But if you can figure that out when you were hurt and heal the hurt, then those people stop being attracted to you and you're going to attract the right relationship into your life. So I'm all about law of attraction, learning from the past so that I can move fully into my future. And here I am thinking, I got this. I'm done with the narcissist. And guess what? One walks right into my life, through me for a loop and I go, okay, there's more shit Ali's got to dig up, right? So it's a learning lesson. And each time I'm in the relationship, I'll heal a little bit more. But my goal is to not attract these people anymore. And if I do, be like, no, bye. No trying to please them. No trying to make it work. None of that. It's just I see the red flag and I run for the hills immediately. Not I see one red flag and I overlook it. I see two red flags and I'm like, ah, he'll, he'll learn. I'll fix him. Like, no, sis, you will not fix him, <laughs> right? Like, No.
11: Totally. And I think that's why understanding all of this is so helpful because you don't get caught up in the emotions of it. Like You can look at it for what it is more objectively. And I love what Nicole is saying before too, is reflecting with your friends. I have had friends, including Nicole, in uh, narcissistic relationships. And I remember one in particular, uh, a a friend of mine was dating who we later found out was a narcissist. And I did not like him at all when I met him and I couldn't figure out why. And then another mutual friend had the same reaction, mm-hmm. but we were afraid to say anything to our friend because our friends seemed so in love with this narcissist. And again, we didn't know he was a narcissist. So we just kind of let it play out. And then she finally figured it out and she came to us and she's like, I wish you had said something. And we actually like made a pact like in the future if any of us are dating someone and we see the red flags as friends we give each other permission to bring it up
0: i love uh, that but
11: it's it's a tricky thing right because we're all looking at relationships through different lenses of our experiences and not only do we have to like figure out why we as individuals are doing something but you know our perception of somebody else may not always be true and and so it's actually kind of humbling We're not always right about someone, even Ali, to your point, you may see a red flag and run, but maybe it isn't a real red flag. Like some of these things you just don't know until you're in them. And so it's not always preventable. And then sometimes you run away from someone who's good for you, but because of what you're going on emotionally, you are not attracted to them because (laughs) you're... barriers are like, I'm you know, not into them. They're not my type. But a lot of times I've found through my research that our quote type is like triggering some sort of emotional reaction within us yeah. based on our wounds. So we tend to be attracted to people who aren't good for us and we don't even notice the people who are good for us. So it, it's a very complex thing. And I think it's important not to beat ourselves up over it but just be like, all right, I'm growing, I'm learning. And can I build a support system of friends around me that can help me figure this out?
0: So um, question for both of you guys,
11: what do you do now? If
0: you see yourself in getting towards this relationship, how do you handle it? Because what if it's a boss or a coworker or a family member like and it's not necessarily you can't just go bye, boy, bye. Like Nicole, what would you recommend, or what what do you do to protect yourself in these situations? Because now, once you start seeing him, you can spot him pretty quickly. In my experience, now I'm like, okay, you're gonna stay at this distance. I don't. We're not gonna be best friends. We're not gonna date. Whatever it might be. Um, but what happens when you're you might be in a life situation that you can't control? Like it could be you have to work together, um, or you have it is your friend's boyfriend. You guys have to hang out together and
9: she hasn't gotten the memo yet. Like, what do you do? <laughs> so I'm really lucky to be entrepreneurial and I get to choose who I work with, but that wasn't always the case. And I have had narcissistic bosses in the past. So one skill that I learned was, you know, basically you don't wanna be narcissistic supply, right? So you wanna do a technique that I learned in, in my book called Gray Rock. And gray rock is a very neutral response. Like a gray rock, if you think about a gray rock, it's a very neutral color. It just lays there, right? It's almost like the animal equivalent of like playing dead. So when you're triggered by a narcissist or they say something that is, you know, sharp or you know, critical, you know, whether it's a boss or a family member, the the worst thing you can do is have a big emotional reaction because they're feeding off that reaction. They're kind of getting off on the fact that they were able to affect you. So one of my favorite uh, defense mechanisms is gray rock. And you just simply, you, you show a neutral reaction. You, you don't react at all. You simply ignore the negative behavior and they will test this over and over again. But once they realize that you're not somebody that they can feed off of because they're not going to be able to get a reaction from you, they simply start feeding on other people because it's just not as fun to ruffle your feathers because they don't get anything out of you. So that's my number one tip is to play gray rock. And this also is important in romantic relationships at the ending of a romantic relationship. If you're trying to leave, you really need to do gray rock, which, you know, it's, it's not responding to the hurtful and painful, very pointed text messages and multiple phone calls. And it is just non, it's a non-response. It's not like a normal person where you could break up and be friends and move forward with your life. With a narcissist, it truly has to be a, a hard and fast sever. You need to not respond to any message, anything. It doesn't matter even if it sounds like the sweetest thing and they've come to their senses. It's a trap. It's called helicoptering. So they'll circle back too. And this happens with coworkers too. So you will have to keep practicing gray rock sometimes multiple times and then they'll leave you alone. And then maybe six months later, they'll come back around and do another test and poke and see if they could get a reaction. You have to stay in gray rock mode. God, that is such good advice
0: because, and it might be the hardest to follow, especially if you're freshly yeah. out of the relationship, but God, they feed off that energy of making you feel a certain way. And so those texts, texts, excuse me, are only going to escalate, right? We know this because we've experienced it because I didn't play gray rock enough times to know that it never ends up well. It's not that You can just go back to being friends if you ever were friends before. You really have to cut it off because the moment you respond, they realize I still have power over her and this feeds their supply exactly like you said. So I think that is brilliant advice.
9: Yeah. And it also starts the withdrawal, which maybe we can talk about that later, but it starts your withdrawal period over too. So I don't know if you guys experienced that, but there's When leaving a toxic narcissistic relationship, there's actually a chemical withdrawal period. And anytime that you re-engage with that drug, aka your narcissist, you have to reset the process. So it can make these breakups excruciatingly painful and drawn out if you're not careful and you don't stick to the gray rock plan. This is why people get back together multiple times before the final breakup very
0: often. That definitely happened with me for same, sure. Same,
9: same. I broke up with my narcissist three times yeah. until I finally, okay, yeah. I'm here. I'm, I showed up to class. I get the message.
0: You are not. <laughs> Thank you, universe. Got yeah. it. How many more times do they need to prove it to yeah. me? Like You are not fixing anybody. <laughs> So to hear the full interview with Whitney and Nicole, it's just episode 348, so that was only a few months ago. And last but not least, we're talking with Elise Carr about jade eggs and spicing up your sex life. And I included this clip because it's literally one of Susie's favorite episodes. So in honor of my original OG co-host Susie Hardy, I wanted to roll this fun, sexy clip for you roll it, Roxy. These are like Susie's favorite topics. I know. <laughs> welcome Elise
1: oh angel ladies Alice and Susie thank you so much for having me I love that you literally said my yoni is ready to, to receive all this magical wisdom and these not, experiences not everybody's we, we love be, that. not everybody's. No, no no not everybody's gonna get not, that. in an inappropriate way <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to explain it now really the yoni is like the entire female sex reproductive area all, all the way all the bits all the way up and inside and all the juicy bits right to your ovaries so it's a very empowering space. oh even to your
6: you, ovaries I didn't even know that
1: yeah everything about the female psychosexuality. sexuality. And, and, and I
6: also consider it like your first your first chakra and all of that energy, like your 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 feminine power. Yeah. Right. And second chakra. Three. And second mm-hmm. chakra. One perfect. and two. Yeah. Is yours ready?
5: Allison? Uh,
0: <laughs> I am ready. This is getting off to quite the
6: interesting start. <laughs> so let's talk about our This is very this is a very um important, I think, topical subject right now you know just the other day i was reading how gwyneth paltrow is now advocating holding jade eggs in your vagina to increase Mm -hmm. sexuality and i'm sorry what yeah yeah i I don't know what that means a jade egg a I don't jade. know what that is. Okay. <laughs> it's a, a j- We're
0: going to teach you all about it. <laughs> Somebody teach me. You guys are soul sisters. Alice a and crash I helmet. Needs, <laughs> I am the student and you are my
6: teachers. It's a jade, the stone jade, right? Uh-huh. Gemstone in the shape of an egg because in, Ch- in Chinese uh, culture, the jade is very uh, – actually it emits a lot of energy and is very healing and is a sign of – power and they wear a lot of jade so uh i don't know where she picked this up from but she i just saw the article briefly in my eye doctor's office where she's advocating putting jade eggs uh after her vaginal steaming uh rant Mm -hmm. have you heard about that Mm -mm. okay we'll get to that too uh but she's (laughs) saying hold a, a jade egg in your vagina to increase uh i guess kegel uh muscles uh increase your tension of your kegel muscles and also energetically it's supposed to help your femininity and female energy and sexuality so
1: all right elise i have been trained in in this sacred art and there actually aren't many women around the world still existing that are and this is a practice, as you mentioned, that is actually Chinese but it goes back many, many, many generations and it's something that the Chinese royalty used to use. It was very much underground. It was a mm. hidden secret and then it was later taught to uh, a sect of women called the White Tigeress, and, and I've trained with the lineage of this through my teachers and masters and and now I'm I'm really excited to be sharing this wisdom with with women and, and clients around the world. I don't just sell jade eggs. I am really passionate about women knowing what to do with them. Otherwise it's like, what do I do with this? Because we've read an article or seen a little clip here or there. So it's really important to have the knowledge and the awareness. And and as you touched on. It is something that's used for, you say, Kegels, we say PC. So PC is short for the pubococcygeus. It's like our little hammock-like muscle that, for women, sits between, charmingly, the anus and vaginal opening. And it's important to strengthen this, not to overdo it, but to strengthen it. Whether or not you choose to be having children, whether you've had children or whether you have no desire. Sometimes people say, oh, it's really good to do before you have a child. Well, yes, it is great. And it's also great to do after you've stopped bleeding post giving birth. But just for our general well being, our general physical well being, it's brilliant. But then we've also got, yeah, the emotional ability to, to be able to release, to soften, to connect deeper with your divine feminine. Because really, you're focusing on a space that has, through many centuries, also been traumatized. It's been something that's been neglected. Sometimes there's a lot of shame and abuse. I was just going to say shame. And trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge, 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 huge. So learning to work with the jade egg as a sacred ritual, a sacred practice to connect deeper with yourself, to heal those spaces, to let go of that wounding and that trauma that we hold in our emotional body. And sometimes, you know, it feels like it's in our physical body. It can be a massive Release for many women, it can be very empowering for many women. And then there's the other side of things, which often gets glamorized, and that's the yes, the likeliness that you're going to develop more sensitivity because we know the vaginal wall is is muscle. So, like we flex any muscles and we work them with weights, the jade egg essentially acts like a small weight, and you're essentially working the muscles of vaginal wall around that weight, which is going to increase sensitivity. So while it's also going to be pleasurable for you if you choose to perhaps you know be on your own or self pleasure, it can also be more pleasurable for your partner, for your beloved. If that person is a man, you can be able to literally learn to be able to hug their lingam. We call it in tantra, which means wand of light, also known as the penis. So you can learn <laughs> <to get> the, <laughs> the wand penis. of light wand yes. of light. we can elaborate on that later hold that thought <laughs> learn learn to hug it learn to embrace it so it feels you know deeply held on a physical level but you can find that this can actually enhance the intimacy and, and a deeper connection between you and your beloved as well and yes orgasms can be part of that now someone who's you know come from this sacred ancient path and as a tantra practitioner I don't buy into the concept that we just want to have multiple orgasms. I'm more about having an orgasmic experience through life and enjoying the journey. So while yes, using the jade egg can allow you to soften open and welcome more orgasms into your world. That's only like putting your toe in the ocean of how powerful the practice of the sacred jade egg can be and, and utilizing that with, with other elements of the sacred sexuality and spirituality path that I personally teach and advocate. Wow. That's a little taste of the jade egg. And, and you know, just so we know also when you buy these online, We've got to be careful what we're buying here. There's a lot of people who are advocating carnelian eggs and rose core eggs and obsidian eggs and you can put any kind of egg up there. Be really cautious. Now, we have to understand that because this has been around for so long, These people knew what they were doing. They invented it. They created it. And there was a reason why they used the jade egg, you know, the jade for the egg, you know, I should say, that deep green colour or a lighter green colour, the authentic jade. Because as you touched on, ladies, this actually has many properties that are deeply connected to the feminine. It also helps balance out the heart space. You know, we know our chakras and and in the standard kind of chakra system that we're aware of with the seven internal chakras, the heart space is a green space. So by using the jade egg in the yoni, you're actually helping balance out this space within you as a woman, which goes between your sex organs and your heart and your breasts. So you're doing yourself a real service by using the specific color egg that it's intended to be and not you know I'm not saying you can't go and experiment and play but it's not going to give you the same effect it's not the ancient sacred traditional way so just be aware of that
0: okay ladies this is the first I'm hearing of this so forgive me if I need you're some blushing are you blushing right now Susie I have to ask my co-host Elise has have you ever <laughs> used the jade egg
6: no no I have not I have um Um, practiced kegel exercises on my own I have been to tantra class although when I was single not married I've been dying to take my husband um, to this tantra practice group that I know of Um, we have not been yet but I my and my even even going that far and I went as a single woman that was kind of intimidating um, because I didn't know what to expect um to say the least, it peaked an in interest and opened up a, now being a, I, so Elise, I don't know if you know this, I'm a body worker and an energy healer, um, but not in a tantric way. And I know the importance of keeping all the chakras open of, of sacred sexuality, um, and so, so having dipped my toe into that, when I just read this article, I was like, oh, this is fascinating. I, and Elise, I had no idea that you knew about the shade egg or that this was even <laughs> a true thing or if, or if Gwyneth had pulled it from some textbook from 2000 years ago, I had no idea. It's not mm-hmm. even on our list of questions. No, it's
1: not. We're deviating from our script. It's the bonus round. It's the bonus round.
6: But um, this whole topic to me, and this is something that I myself personally might study in the future, because I think this is so needed in this day and age. I think we have, um, like Elise said, as women have been so shamed, our our sexual organs have been so shamed, we carry so much, you know, energetically around it that we've forgotten um, the beauty that is there and the power that is there and the pleasure that is there. You know, I think at least for Americans, we do seek out that pleasure, but we don't connect, I think, on on the levels that are available to us sexually and so that's why to me um in terms of sexual health and psychological health and love and connection to your partner this is a fascinating topic so um Mm. yeah no the 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 jade egg was just a one-off i just saw that on the cover literally saw it on the cover of a magazine i'm like oh that's cool but um what elise does is just fascinating to me so back to you elise
1: I'm just really pleased that fabulous Gwyneth Paltrow is putting it out there and you know the challenging thing is when you're in an arena where you're very public and you put out something that seems to be a little bit you know skewed to one side you're gonna get a backlash and she you know publicly is is getting these horrible backlash like even gynecologists saying you should not put these up there now the reality is gynecologists don't have any understanding of this sacred practice except you know I'm sure there's probably some. I shouldn't say none, but obviously the people that are commenting on this, yeah, they don't understand, and it's a shame to be very black and white when actually you're being quite ignorant, mm-hmm. despite having a doctorate or a PhD or you know whether you're a medical practitioner. So it's really important when it comes to anything in this genre that we keep an open mind or an open yoni, if that's what you feel like. But <laughs> you know, being being open-minded, yes, we need to have boundaries and we need to make conscious choices and we need to use discernment. But we can't just dismiss things that we have no knowledge about just because it doesn't fit convention. Because let's face it, nothing in this world progresses if we stay the same. We need to break certain rules and and expand. And this is a beautiful part of also leading a tantric lifestyle: is that we are open enough to learn about who we really are, not who society tells us to be. So, if you know a gynecologist or a doctor or a scientist or anyone says, "Well, this is wrong," maybe we need to look into it for ourselves. I you know? I absolutely agree, Elise. And I think just for so for our listeners. And,
6: you know, you, you live in Australia, so you guys may have a different perspective on this. Our our gynecologists are very afraid of bacteria for our, for our vaginas and our female organs. They're just so afraid of bacteria. And so... We're covered in it. Like, it's, it's, all, it's over us all over It's all over us. And in fact, we need beneficial bacteria up there. I understand what they're saying that uh, in this article that I read, you know, they're afraid it's a porous rock and that, you know, it could lead to toxic shock syndrome. That would take many days, I think. You know, they're, in America, they're all for shoving... Um, tampons that have been bleached and have chemicals in them that's okay so but like that. but, yeah, a, but exactly. a natural rock is gonna cause harm so just for our listeners you want to make sure that if you do decide to look into this you know you want to Make sure that you maybe you don't leave it there many days. That you there,
1: you wear <laughs> no, no, no. And that's one of the precautions that I that I teach. And this is why it's so important not to just buy these things offline with no instruction, but you know to connect with someone that really has you know the knowledge and the wisdom. And one of those things, and I'll just say, if anyone's got their jade in their hand now and they're ready to use it, be aware that you know you want to have any cracks on it. You need to make sure it's in perfect condition, that it has been cleaned. Just in boiling water is fine. I like to also take mine to the ocean, give it a bit of a cleanse. If if you're you know in LA, that might be possible mm-hmm. depending on where you are but also be aware that it's not something that you're supposed to use every day it's not something you are supposed to sleep with or wear to the shops not <laughs> you can't, I just don't like jewelry you could have you could <laughs> be laying an egg in the middle of you know the the european aisle or whatever it is so no it's it's not internal jewelry but Having an awareness that the really the best way is maximum three times a week, maximum at the very beginning, five five minutes. is oh, see, you know, fine. okay, see, because yeah, these- you've got to be in a space that you're open and receptive. You might even find that your yoni does not want to. Take it in today. You know, you've got to warm yourself up. And that's why I take you through the whole process of learning how to care for the jade egg, what to do with it, how to practice, when to practice. But absolutely maximum three times a week and not to use when you're pregnant because it overstimulates a space that's already very stimulated from that beautiful baby growing inside you. Not to use normally, normally, or we can break this rule, but normally, definitely not when you're menstruating. We call that your moon time. Once again, too much is going on there. You've got a lot of stimulation already. So, there's a lot of precautions we need to be aware of. And once again, people making these comments have no clue about this. So they go, oh, yes, you could get toxic shock syndrome. As you mentioned, let's be realistic. Look at the horrible products that are on the shelves that we're encouraged to use, Terrible, you know. So let, let's really tap into our consciousness and, and our wisdom and, and ask ourselves those questions of what's best for me because no matter what anyone says, myself, you guys, anyone at all who claims to be a professional, we've got to honour ourselves first and foremost. So be true to you and, and honour what is best for you in the moment. I think this is one of my favourite episodes ever. <laughs>
0: All right, to hear the full episode with Elise Carr go back all the way back to episode 138. It's been a pleasure, Food Heals Nation. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. I hope that you are cultivating self love and finding true love. See you next time, Food Heals Nation.